All right, Fritzberg and bloodandfaith.com. It's the 20th October. Welcome to the weekend. War. Two things that I've talked about since I started this blog. Oh, and started writing about these things. Let's call it 20, 2017, maybe even 2016, maybe even earlier. Civil War and World War. Civil War and World War. I, I keep saying that. I don't have any magic uh, crystal ball that I'm looking into. I'm simply a student of history. And I see the trends, I see patterns, I see repeating patterns. And what I see in the United States is is an awakening to our slavery. In 2023, I sense an awakening of our slavery. And I'm seeing more and more people bold enough to go against the grain and say things that could potentially land them in jail if the J6ers are in prison. I read an article today about this guy. He's been in prison for a thousand days. Hasn't been brought to trial yet. Abused, tortured even, treated like worse than an animal for attending a peaceful a peaceful event. The J6ers didn't commit violence. We all saw, we've seen the videos. They were invited in there. And they're being used in as example. To tell people, don't disagree with the people that rule this country. You and I don't rule this country. Covered that a number of times. Won't go over that again today. But there's a growing awareness that we're being ruled over. This is not about we the people. It's not about you and I having a say in our government. We're told to shut up and sit down. And democracy is whatever they tell it is. If they say democracy is trannies in the grade schools, then that's democracy. And we have to shut up, suck it up, and obey. If they say democracy is open borders and they're going to wipe out what was once a great country, we have to shut up and obey because they are the determiners of what democracy is. It has nothing to do with your vote. Nobody voted for these things. But more and more people are waking up. <clears throat> And that's good news to spend news. I talked to a, a colleague of mine years ago. And I said, look, we're going to a civil war. This was years ago. This was in the 20 teens. I said, we're headed to a civil war. And he said, Fritz, you're out of your mind. Now, this guy's a conservative Christian guy. You wouldn't mistake him for being a lib. You wouldn't mistake him for being some sort of a left-wing whatever. And I said, Listen, here's the deal. If something bad doesn't happen, what is the trend line? And this was years ago. This was long before trainees in grade schools. Long before that. It was long before these utterly open borders where we've got 10 million illegals here now. It was long before the war in the Ukraine. Years before that. And I said, what's the trend line? I said, the problem is if something doesn't happen, then we're in a world of hurt. And unfortunately, I, you know, as usual, I'll blame the Christians. I know, I know, you thought I was going to blame the Jews. Jews have a role to play, but I'm blaming the Christians for siding with the synagogue of Satan. Church has got its, sitting on its thumbs, Blaming the devil as if the devil was some inanimate object that floated around in the ether and just magically did things, uh, not through other people. 
Wait for a rapture that's not going to come. You're not going to get raptured. You're not going to get raptured. Sorry. No, not sorry. You're not going to get raptured. You're going to live through this. Your kid's going to live through this. Your grandkids are going to live through this. And unless the church wakes up, this generation will be accountable at the judgment day for the hell that our kids and grandkids have to go through. That alone should make you wake up from your slumber. That alone should make you wake up and stop believing in this pie-in-the-sky rapture that's going to save you from the hour of trial. The whole purpose of life is to have an hour of trial. The whole purpose of this life is to have an hour of trial, to see where you stand in the scheme of things. Oh, the Bible says he'll save us from the hour of trial. Why? Why do you pick one little scripture that's contrary to nine other scriptures? Jesus Christ said, hey, you want to follow me? you got to pick up your cross and follow me. Oh, God's going to save me from the hour of trial. Really? Well, what's all this nonsense then that Jesus Christ talked about, about suffering and picking up a cross and being called Beelzebul, about Christians being sawn in two? Was that, was that, was that, did God just not honor his word? He didn't save people from the hour? Did God dishonor his word and not save Jesus from the hour of his trial? Is that it? Is Jesus a false role model where we, we shouldn't, he shouldn't be our example because he went through the hour of trial? Is that it? Did, was God disloyal to Stephen because Stephen was martyred? And all the other apostles saved John. Even John spent time in the clank. He was in a clank. Wrote Revelation from a prison island, island of Patmos. Oh, but God's going to save you from the hour of trial. Is that it? He's going to save you from the hour of trial. Jeremiah went down to a pit of mud, up to his armpits in mud, there for days, weeks, I don't know, long time. But God's going to save you from the hour of trial. And you're going to get raptured out of here and not have to endure anything. Nope. That's the wrong answer. You're going to go through your hour of trial. Your lifetime is your hour of trial. And your lifetime is designed to see where you stand. The whole purpose of life is to suffer, to see whether or not you will serve Jesus Christ. Judas Iscariot, called and chosen, healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the gospel. Hour of his trial, he said, nope, not worth it. I'm turning away. I'm going to join the powers of this world. I'm going to go back with my people, the Jews. And he betrayed Jesus Christ. The hour of your trial is for you. It's for me. Have you not read Peter when he says, Rejoice when you encounter various trials, and here you say God's going to save you from the hour of trial? No, he's not. No, he's not going to save you from the hour of trial. You're going to go through it, and you're not getting raptured out of here. Your preacher's out there telling you you're going to get raptured. Don't worry about it. You're going to get raptured. No, sorry. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Time to wake up. You own not only your God an active voice, you owe your ancestors an active voice. That's the fifth commandment. You honor your father and your mother. You owe your descendants an active voice. What's an active voice? It's a dissident voice. A dissident voice against the Antichrist. We are fighting against the Antichrist today. Stop waiting for the Antichrist to come. Stop that. Oh, someday the beast and someday the Antichrist and someday the, the, the rapture. And in the meantime, the devil's walking all over because the church is AWOL. The church is AWOL. We have bad theology. Well, God's going to save us from the hour of trial. No, the purpose of your life is to have a trial, to see where you stand on things. Rejoice when you encounter 
various trials of the testing of your faith, though more precious than gold, it's more precious than gold, will have a weight for you in all eternity. Don't walk away from a trial. In the United States today and around the world, they're kidnapping little kids. They're butchering them. Not only in the womb, which which is hideous enough, but outside of them, they butcher these things. They sell them for body parts. They're harvesting adenochrome off of them. That which we could not have imagined four or five years ago. Uh, people don't understand that today. This is Moloch. This is Baal. And you know the people that are doing it? It's the same people that did it back then. These people that call themselves Jews, they turned away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now they're Satan's synagogue. They lead the pack on this stuff. Who's going to stand up and say no? It's going to be you. Don't wait for your pastor. Don't wait for your wife. Don't wait for your wife to give you approval to do what you need to do. Don't do that. Go out and speak and say what you need to say. We've got a great upper... I, I think the devil's panicking because I think a lot of people know what's going on. And they're kind of at the breaking point. I reached my breaking point several years ago, five, six, seven, eight years ago. I said, I can't keep quiet anymore. I can't. Don't have the ability to. And there's a lot of freedom in that. There's a lot of joy in that. There's a lot of joy in opening up your mouth and saying what the truth is. And, and, and the consequences be darned. Well, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Well, if you don't say anything, you know you're not saying it right. Get out there and try. The guide is the Holy Scriptures. That's been my only guide. I haven't been reading, I haven't been reading uh, you know, mid-20th century politicians. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Scriptures. And these evil people, these evil people, the synagogue of Satan, have, have been talking about consolidating, consolidating power, not only in the United States, but across the globe, for over a decade now. And their plan is in motion. It's not a plan that can be stopped. It's not a plan that can be, be changed. Their plan is, is in motion. And what they have in mind for the dissidents is what they have in mind for the J6ers. The totalitarian system is here. The church is AWOL because we're all sitting around waiting for a rapture that's not coming. People are literally terrified of those who call themselves Jews. They're terrified of them. Guess what? It wasn't any different in the, in the book of John. It's reading the book of John today. John 6 through 15. Go read it. Go meditate on it. It's very clear who the enemy is. It's absolutely crystal clear. It's inescapable who the enemy is. It's funny how the church can read it and they don't see it. It's literally right in front of them. And it's right there. And back then, they were terrified of the Jews. It's terrified of them. They wouldn't do anything because they were afraid of what the Jews would do. The Jews would come on and interrogate people. Oh, are you with this guy? Do you believe in that? Are you a troublemaker? Don't you know he's full of demons? Don't you know he's evil incarnate? It's not any different. It's not any different today than it was 2,000 years ago. The same book that guided them uh, the, the same story that they had 2,000 years ago is absolutely 100% applicable today in 2023. Go read the book of John. Figure out who the enemy is. The gospel according to St. John. It's crystal clear. It's over and over and over and over. Who tried to kill Jesus Christ? Who accused Jesus Christ of being an evildoer? Who accused Jesus Christ of having a demon? Who murdered Jesus Christ? 
Who killed John the Baptist? It's the same people. But somehow we think this book is gone. There's a there's a scripture in John. It's Jesus Christ. And he says, look, at the final day, he says, not only will I judge you, but my word, the words that I'm speaking will be your judge. Don't walk away from his word. Do not walk away from his word and 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 and, and say, oh, it doesn't really apply for today. Word of God is eternal. It's absolutely eternal. The book of John absolutely applies today, and it describes the same enemies of Jesus Christ, the same enemies of God, the same enemies of truth, the same enemies of, of eternal life and salvation for those who would hear and believe. But we're under this deception that we're better Christians than Jesus Christ. If you take Jesus Christ at his word, and you're a member of the ADL, you're going to go around and you're going to say, oh, he was an anti-Semite. He's anti-Semitic. He's anti-Semitic based upon his words, the quoting the words that he spoke. Oh, but you don't understand. Jesus is a Jew. Listen, you can't, I don't think there's a scripture in the book of John where it describes Jesus the Jew. It's Jesus the Nazarene and Jesus the Galilean. The Jews denied him. The Jews didn't say to you, he says, listen, you're you're some you're some product of fornication. Your dad was a Samaritan, a Roman soldier, who knows who. You're full of demons. They did not accept him at all as being part of the Jewish. They never nobody called him a Jew. Only Jew of the twelve was Judas Iscariot. That ought to tell you something. Acts chapter one, when the angels bid them farewell after Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. He says, O men of Galilee. He didn't say, O men of Judea. He didn't say, O ye Jews. And it's right in front of our face. And you can hear it every day. you got all these conservative talk show hosts. They'll talk about the globalists and the WEF and the rhinos and the Democrats and the leftists and the Palestinians and on 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 and on. We'll talk about certain people in charge of certain agencies, the Attorney General, the Secretary of State, Department of Homeland Security, CIA. But they can't track it back to what the Bible says. They won't because they're terrified of those people. Jesus Christ was not terrified of them. He said it to their face. John eight forty four. He said it to their face. Did he pay a price for it? Yes. Why do you think you're not going to pay a price for it? Why would you want to avoid paying a price for it? What was it, last Sunday? I did a sermon on the first five sermons in the book of Acts. After Pentecost. The first five sermons after the book of Pentecost. All had one common trait. They all looked at the Jews and said, You are guilty of murdering Jesus Christ. Every one of them. Every one of them. They looked at them and said, You are the ones that are guilty of the murder of Jesus Christ. Said it to the Jews. That message has to come back. Will the Jews get mad? Oh, of course they'll get mad. Will they blackmail people to persecute? Of course they will. They did in the book of Acts. That's what they happened to Pilate. Pilate was blackmailed into having uh, ordering Jesus Christ to be crucified. It was blackmail. 
and said right there, he said, you, you, you have, we, we, we have no king but Caesar. But you, if you're a friend of Jesus, then, then clearly you're no friend of Caesar's. Blackmail was implied. They had lots of friends at court in Rome. But there's an awakening. And the awakening is good news, bad news. The, the, the good news is uh, there seems to be a hiccup in this trend towards absolute tyranny and totalitarianism and eventually mass murder. This will go to mass murder. It will absolutely go to mass murder. I'm not, I'm not sure that these COVID vaccines aren't full of genetic material that makes us infertile over the generations. Or our diet, or the fire. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are. It's a war against the image of God. If people think that's a conspiracy theory, I, I, I suggest to you maybe it's time that you woke up. Instead of being browbeaten into submission by people calling you a conspiracy theorist. It always comes down to blood when the children of Satan take over. It always comes down to that. And I'm including uh, uh, the, the Russian Revolution, the French Revolution, the Cuban Revolution. It all ends up in blood. Look what the Satanists did when, when they ran the Valley of Mexico, sacrificing human beings to Satan. It always comes down to that. But I think there's a there's a movement to wake up. I, I, it, it almost seems like the church is the last people to wake up because they're caught in a hard space. They don't know who to criticize. They don't know who the enemy is. I think the enemy's floating around in outer space somewhere and that they're going to get raptured. I'm waiting for the church to wake up and waiting for some pastors to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what the price is. I'll pay whatever price, bear whatever burden. To set mankind free from Satan's children, Satan's synagogue, death, hell, and the grave, regardless of the cost. That's what Peter did. That's what Stephen did. That's what Jesus Christ did. That's our minimum duty. That's our minimum duty. Now, is the enemy going to just roll back and say, oh, yeah, okay, we'll try it again next time? No, they're not. I think they've laid their cards down. I think they're fully committed. I think all they can do is double down for war and death and the annihilation of people that oppose them. That's my opinion on that. I don't think there's any gentle rolling back of the clock. I don't think there's any opportunity to say, oh, in 2024, you know what? You voted for all these conservatives, and uh, you know we'll go ahead and surrender the White House to you and the House and the Senate, and you can appoint whoever you want to the judiciary. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe I'm a pessimist, and I am pretty pessimistic, but so far, I think I've been right. They stole the 2020. How many elections have they stolen? Political prisoners. If you can't see that, it's, just, it's because you're unwilling to see it. So I expect increased domestic turbulence. This is a matter of history. It's a matter of looking at the patterns of the past. It's not a matter of having some special access to, uh, you know, a one eight hundred, you know, uh, you know, looking at the stars. It's a matter of history. Look how things have gone in the past. Compared to what's going on now, and it's not that hard. Same with world wars. 
it's pretty clear there's somebody in the United States, a group of people that wants a war with Russia. And there's some of them that have come out and said, uh, the Jewish Congressman Jamie Raskin said, we have to destroy Russia. This is a jihad. It's a holy war. We have to destroy Russia with its Christian heritage. All right, game on. Guess whose side I'm on? I'm on the side of the Christian. And the, But the churches are terrified. Oh, we don't want to say that because we might be accused of being this or that or the other thing. Th- those days are over. The days of being scared are over. you got to step up and, and, and take a stand. Otherwise, you're part of the enemy. It's going to get spicier. Things seem to be accelerating. People are waking up, so they have to accelerate their agenda. They have to accelerate their world war. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com.